0: Hello, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Carlton Blue Baggers podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Santa Maria, coming to you after a round 15 win over the Fremantle Dockers. We win 81 to 50, a 31 point margin that now sees us only percentage outside of the top four and on the same amount of points as second place on the ladder, only percentage differentiating us best win of the year am i bloody right bluebaggers? what a game what a game it was and you go to this win and you think why why is it our best win well it is for a few reasons number one the style in which we did it the different ways which we could attack this freemanal defense and just bombard them until we cracked them wide open With the amount of players we had out the caliber of opponent who this was against a top four side and that's how we rock up cruising to a 31 point win an absolute easily one of the best wins i've seen over the last five years of this club easily hands down and it might be and the way and the manner in which we just played was just really really special and I'm really looking forward I'm really looking forward to this week to see if we can back it up. But let's get into our 3 key takeaways. So if you're new to the show, every week I do 3 key takeaways, three things that really stood out to me, three things that I took away from the game. And let's get into the first one. What well, to start off, I thought I thought we were just so predictable going inside 50 to start off the game and you know, really repetitive with our kicks inside 50 too many long bombs going inside 50 and we are just too predictable going to Harry and Charlie uh, long and high inside 50 we started to adjust a little later in the second quarter when we found holes due to the Freo defenders you know starting to hang deep and when we were so predictable for 40 minutes with you know repeat inside 50 repeat inside 50 always going to one of the tours it opened up holes further up closer up inside four fifty 50 for us so all of a sudden we were just lowering the eyes a little bit, um, lowering the eyes a little bit more, and changing the angles. Instead of looking for that long and deep kick, we looked laterally. We looked a little bit shorter, lowered the eyes, and we really started to open up the forward line. We really, really did. Started to change the angles. You see Harry in that second quarter getting up the ground, taking a mark fifty-five out, and he had three people on the other side of the fifty. Just completely changed the entrance. Instead of just going long and direct, we started to really, you know, open up a variety of, of leads inside that Ford 50. And I thought it was a really good adjustment to make against such a good defensive side. It was just really, really impressive. This is one of the best defensive sides in the competition. They talk about how they set up behind the ball just as well as anyone. And they do it really well. They've got some really good defenders in Pierce and and Logan they just really they really were a tough crack that first half was not easy for us when you saw the start of the game the way it started to line up it was it was worrying it was worrying with you know Young as well and Lukey Ryan and Brennan Cox they've got some really good defenders who can just intercept and with Walshy playing the spare you knew that they were going to have you know an extra in their back line for a lot of the day and you know, our ability to lower the eyes, change the angles was the real difference once once we adjusted in that second quarter, we we didn't turn back. And one of the one of the key reasons why we won the game. Uh secondly, second takeaway. We killed them. <laughs> Absolutely killed them at the inside fifty count. We won 64 to 40 inside 50s, so we dominated them plus 24. Uh, we did it in two ways. One was by dominating the clearances, smoked them, absolutely smoked them in the middle of the ground. We banned them 44 to 30 at the, at the clearances. And then secondly, we locked the ball in with just all the repeat inside 50s. They could not exit their back half of the ground because just due to our elite tackling and the pressure that we put on all night. 52-43 to 43 in the tackling department in a 30-point win. It just shows we really bought the intensity and the pressure into a, a game we really wanted to win against a good opposition. And that's how we do it. We dominate them at the source, win the footy at the source, and then we're, we're laying heaps of tackles. It was really good to see from blokes like, from blokes like Durden and Motlop. They did amazing. Uh, and even blokes like Harry Mackay. I mean, it wasn't his day but that was someone who came into the game and said okay look I'm dropping a few marks I'm not kicking the guys I'd like to be kicking how else can I impact and that's how we started to evolve over these last few years you're starting to see you know him trying to impact the games in different ways he had four tackles inside 50 that's bloody brilliant third takeaway we kicked six goals one from defensive from the defensive half against a side that he's so good at defending ball movement so, so good. Now, 64 inside 50s, that's the most they've conceded all year. And it just shows our ball movement and ability to to score in transition has improved tremendously throughout the year. You look at where we were six months ago or three months ago compared to where we are now, a massive difference. Barely being able to score, Um, you know, going from D50 to our forward fifty and all of a sudden we, we kick... Half of our score nearly from, from transitioning the ball, really, really important to see that growth from this team. And it's exciting, it's exciting. We're able to control the ball with our own contested marking in the back line. And all of a sudden, you're starting to see us be able to change and control the tempo which we play at and the way we want to move the ball off half book um, off half back, what kind of speed? Do we want to move it out? We're, we're really good at, you know, picking and choosing when we want to go, you know, really quick and through the middle or long and down the line and slow play and, you know, even bringing that uncontested marking into our game. So you're starting to see, you know, us starting to add layers into this uh, ball movement and I'm really, really impressed because there's, there's clear growth from this group and, yeah, it's just been really, really, really good to see. But um, just to recap, the three takeaways... Instead of being the Carlton of old and just going long inside 50 and hoping for one of our tools to mark when it wasn't working, we were able to adjust, lower the eyes, change the angles and change the way we were kicking inside 50. Secondly, we, we dominated them. We dominated them from start to finish. We killed them inside 50s. It's the most inside 50s they've conceded all year, 64. And we did it. Through two ways, locking the ball, locking the ball back inside with our elite pressure and tackling and dominating them at the clearances, 44 to 30. The last the last one, as I just said, our ability to score in transition from our back half to our front half, tremendous, tremendous improvement, kicking six goals against a team that defends the ground really, really well. There's your three key takeaways. That's why we won the game. You look at the beginning of the game and you know, it was, it was a little bit shaky. I felt like at the beginning, yeah, we were just going long and deep inside 50, and our forwards couldn't get a mark at it. They were getting hulled all day, and the umpires were really reluctant to give them any more free kicks than what they really needed to. There was a few obvious ones with that I was absolutely appalled that we didn't get, and being at the game, i tell you this much, we're a loud, bloody bunch because that crowd, I felt like I was at the MCG. I felt like I was at the G. 35,000, but I'm telling you, that was a roar when Harry wasn't getting free kicks for holding the man or um, whatever the circumstances really were. It was truly sensational. Pressure, really, really good to start the game. I thought we really brought the intensity from from the get-go. Things didn't initially work out the way we would have liked to start the game, but we got back into it, and I felt like, look... I felt like we dominated and uh, from start to finish, really. And let me give you one last take. I'll give you one fourth take. When they came in that third quarter, that's a typical Carlton gives up four five goals in a row and lets them back in the game, lets them waltz right back into the contest. We played four quarters again. And our second half fade-outs... They haven't been occurring anywhere near as much as they ha- th- as much as they were. In the last month of footy, they haven't been around. And we're looking like a much more. We're looking a lot more capable of playing four quarters from now on. We're not looking like we're having those fade outs. And all of a sudden, people forget that Carlton of old. It's. This was a trademark game in where we would easily let them get back in it. They were coming for the whole quarter. They were. The third quarter, they outplayed us, and in in everyone's shock, I think we just just found a couple of ways to put a score on the board, hold up defensively, and you know not not break down structurally in any way. Felt like we played to our strengths all day. When we went long and down the line, we had front runners. We had Durden and and Motlop and Hani and. Um, all, all those uh, sort of guys, just absolutely providing a contest. O'Brien, Cottrell. I thought this was Cottrell's, one of his best games. I mean, he is seriously hitting some form. Matthew Cottrell, can I get a, can I get a bit of an awareness campaign goal for this bloke? Because I tell you, I haven't been his biggest fan, but where is he coming out of? Because he's he's been playing some good footy and kicked some nice goals for us and. He's the one who started in that second go- in that second half uh sorry that second quarter. He's the one who kicked that first goal for us and you know really started to help bring in that momentum. And then when the fo- when the foot was on the other pedal and Fremantle looked like they were going to start getting the momentum and wrestle it back, well we just put that to bed. And that's what I'm so impressed with with this footy side and wh- that's why it's the best win we've seen this year because there's just so many so many signature things we did that were like, okay, it's a, you can see this is massive growth for the group, massive, a massive step in the right direction, and I'm just stoked. Um, one thing I will say, I noticed early in the game, Silvani took a nice mark up the ground, and I know every time he takes a mark on the wing, he, he's the one he likes to go straight through the middle. He's the one who likes to pull that kick in the middle, and uh, more often than not, he does pull it off and... Unfortunately, this was not one of those times, and it led to their second goal. And in transition, Plowman got got a little bit lost as well, didn't know where to go, what to do, and you know that's also contributed to to an early goal that they did kick. But when we brought Walsh into the middle uh, into the midfield as like you know that extra floating up from the half forward, he really uh you know helped our our ball movement to start to flow really so. Once, uh, once that started to happen, I mean, what did he have in the second quarter? It was something ridiculous. He had, um, let me get it up for you. He had 16 disposals in that second quarter, Sam Walsh. And I don't know if I can go any further in the show without talking about him because what this guy has just been able to do, I mean, seriously, he's, he's a workhorse. How much horsepower does this guy carry with him? What a tank he's got! You can see his ability to just run from contest to contest to contest, follow up on his work. He's, uh, he's amazing. And all of a sudden, he's he's a dark horse for the Brownlow again. He'd be really kind of creeping up now. He really would be. But, uh, yeah, he was really good. We had a lot of good players. We, we had a lot of standout players. And as much as this was such a team performance... Uh, there were some really, really good players for us. I, I thought Nick Newman was was just amazing yet again. And he's just so reliable with his skills. are uh, you know, I think Saad and Doherty, they get so much praise in that back line for, you know, their ability to hit targets and, you know, the how crucial they are to our ball movement off the halfback. You gotta start including this guy's name in there because he's doing the same thing week in, week out, and he's hit a nice little form of pat uh a good form, a good patch of form, and I'm really impressed with Nick Newman. Uh, I thought Brody Kemp, he he did get defeated quite early on in the in the game in the first half, but I thought he showed signs, and you know kept competing. And overall, I thought he did a a decent job against you know what was just a better opponent in Matt Taberner than him. You know, so I don't expect him to be really you know keeping someone like Matt Taberner goalless, but I will say this much. I heard Ross Lyon saying, the three big Fords, oh, going to be dining out, got the bibs out, look at them, they're going to have a face this weekend against a depleted Carlton backline. Oh, you salty motherfucker. (laughs) That's why you didn't get the gig with us, mate. That's why we got And You could see this guy, like, so salty you didn't get the gig over and He's never tipping us in his weekly predictions every week. Well, I'll tell you something, mate. You could not have been more wrong. The Blues to get smashed and the Fords to eat out for uh, for Freo. zero for two this week, buddy. Better luck next week, eh? But uh, good to see that. Good to see that our defense didn't let you know a Rory lob a Matt Tabana, or even a Fife. You know, one of those taller defenders, uh, one of those taller Fords, really, you know, grab this game by the throat and you know wrestle things back in their favor uh back in their favor by 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 no means was that going to happen when you got lewis young playing the way he's been playing i really can't believe how how good he's been and yet again i think this is maybe the second time in three or four games where i've said i don't think i could put him in my votes but i really really wanted him to And the fact that I'm saying that, you know, twice within a month that Wiedering hasn't been around and he's been the number one defender for us, it speaks volumes about how he's risen to the occasion in a time where we've really needed him to. So I'm really stoked with him. Uh, Nunesie thought it was one of his best games. To have his 200th against this club, kick a goal... Do some really nice things. Uh, You know, uh, I think he found Charlie for one of his goals. He's, he had a really, really impressive game, Jack Nunes. And i got to say, when he kicked that goal, it just it felt so right. Like, yes, good on you. And 200 games. I mean, not to be disrespectful, but I just, I didn't think I'd ever look at Jack Nunes and think he was a 200-game player. But I'll tell you this much. He, he showed in the weekend why he has, because he can play a role – and you know what when he plays when he's when he's playing good footy he can place he he can show why he's got value to this side and he doesn't do it every single week he's a little bit inconsistent and i know i'm very hard on him on this show but credit where credits due jack Nunes. great goal a great game one of his best for the club and yeah really impressed with him and the other wingman lockie o'brien talk about the most improved player in this side i think I don't think he's got less than 15 disposals all bloody year. He kicked two great goals, one really big goal. And I saw he just bent it through and he loves it. He absolutely loves it. And his ability to just move the ball, run hard up and down that wing all day long. It's just so crucial to our structure, having someone who can hit targets like him on that wing and can just, you know, get forward and back of the ball and he's such a really good runner because you see so many times he's you know uh, that goal he kicked the snap he was the last one running got the advantage played on kicked the goal and a few times you see him working hard to get back and he's one of the last people you know getting back to make a make a punch in the in the back line when you know there's a 1v1 and he makes it a 2v1 so I'm really impressed with someone like him what's this team ceiling What is it? I don't know, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous and we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves. We're not. But I'll tell you this much. With the run we have home, there's no reason this side can't finish in the top four. No reason at all. And you look at the rest of the top four, it's vulnerable right now. Vulnerable. Melbourne, they just beat Brisbane. Okay, they established themselves Brisbane. How do we look at them after that? After the game? This was a massive round of footy in which two of the top four teams, not only did they lose, they crumbled. They got embarrassed. And all of a sudden, we're a riser on the stock market. People are, blind, are buying blue stocks right now. They're buying them. And why wouldn't you? With the forward line as deadly, with... Charlie and Harry and then you've got the link-up man in the third tool in Silvani who can play in the ruck as well and just do any job you need him to that's a crew that's a crucial three right there then you've got the smalls in in Durden and and always who you know on any on any given day can can pop up and give, give you two or three and you know you've got the honeys and the Martins and the fishes of the world who have all been just excellent not one of those players Except maybe, except Martin, (laughs) except Martin, has probably has done everything you've asked for them and more this year. That forward line is just so dangerous, and their ability to just rely on someone like Charlie and Harry when, you know, even if they're getting defended as well as they were in the first week, um, as well as they were on the weekend, they can still pop up and kick you five just between them two, still. And um, I believe they kicked six goals, was it, on the weekend? Six. So, how do you stop that? How do you stop them? And then you look at the midfield and you see this midfield and you've got this, you've got this star started group with Paddy Cripps, Sam Walsh, two two top ten Brownlow favourites, and then you've got an inside ball in George Hewitt, another one in Matt Kennedy, another another emerging promising midfielder in Adam Chero who's already a star in his own right so you've got the midfield group that you know isn't too one is dynamic can do a lot of different things uh and then obviously down back you've got the all-Australian halfback flanker in Sam Doherty, one in a person in Adam Saad who is knocking on the door of that all-Australian list I mean he just has to be and I said it last week if he's if he's not there He's really banging down the door. And after another good performance, how can you not say the same thing? And then hopefully you can reintroduce a Mitch McGovern, someone who can help, you know, increase our score from turnovers. Then we're looking dangerous. Then you bring in that number one Ruckman in Mark Pinney. With so many injuries, there's just, it's opened up possibilities. It's opened up who can play where and all of a sudden what magnets we can we can flip around on the board. And it's dangerous. And that's why I look at them up and I say, yeah, they've got they've proven they can do it, of course. But they don't have the forward line of ours. Our, in my opinion, our midfield matches them. They've got the better rucks, but our midfield matches them. Back lines, yeah, they'll be better uh, defensively and structurally, 100%, I'll give them that. But no one can tack on a score quicker than than the Blues. And no one rides momentum better than than this team. Not with the crowds that we pull and not with the energy that this team plays with. Not at all. I believe in this team. I reckon this team has serious potential to, to maybe even go to a prelim. I think we're the big X factor, the big X factor side in in the competition. When you look at the star, the list itself is full of stars, full of potential A graders, A graders already, people who are just screaming to come out. You've got the deadly Fords, you've got a list that's shown an ability to implement layers into its game plan. And starting to score from a variety of ways. We're starting to tick multiple boxes. Defending the ground a lot better. Moving the ball a lot better from one end to the other. Dominant at the clearances. Uh, There's not much we're not good at. And on any given day, we can beat anyone. And that's why I think our ceiling is as high as any. And yeah, we might go out and we, we might lose. We might finish fifth, sixth, seventh, wherever. And lose it. And not even win a final. But I tell you this much, I'd be incredibly disappointed and very surprised if we didn't win a final. I think this side is good enough to definitely get a home final, win a final. I'd love to see us at least make, to at least go to the second round. Whether, I'd I'd love for us to finish top four, but I'd rather us finish fifth or sixth, win a final and lose in the second round than, you know, finish top four, lose, uh, you know, lose in a, in a double chance game and then lose back-to-back weeks. So I'd like to win at least a final, even, you know, at least get that under our bats, tick that off, you know, the list. But um, I definitely think this is a side that's capable of winning a final, maybe even two. So I want to touch on the positives of injuries because I I got into it a little bit, but... Look, yes, everyone's saying, oh, it is it, it is bad. It is bad, the injury list we've got. But it opens up opportunities. It opens up doors and possibilities that, you know, things are now not what they were six weeks ago. Let's have a look at a few. For one, Lewis Young, he has shined as playing as the main key back. And he's gotten invaluable, invaluable experience to this Um. To this side, what you've seen the last four weeks, there was no way he. You can't count that experience. What what it's actually done to his development, Weider and going down and having to take the best defenders. His confidence would be up because he's done pretty damn good. He's won. He's won more than not. Uh, so he's been really impressive. And you know, just to have his development fast tracked a little bit, a, a little bit more, massive tick. Another one, Zach Fisher playing on the midfield in the weekend adds another string to our bow. We've already got such a great midfield group. He he's gonna be something else now because he gives us more of a dynamic option. he brings more skill pace and agility to a, a strong contested midfield group. So it brings you know that variety that w- that is really helpful in games when you know when're not when things aren't working, flip the magnets a little bit, changes it up. Uh, De Conning, he's getting really good, valuable experience as well. And I think on the weekend, he had one of his best games for the club. And, you know, he didn't win the the hitouts, But, damn, he was everywhere. He he made his impact felt on the game. And I was really impressed with his performance on the weekend. And, you know, just starting to get all these games under him as the number one Ruckman is a very, very big tick. Because at the end of the day, yes, Pidne is better than him. But this injury... There's only one man who's gonna take the job and one day I I see him as the as our future ruck and before we before I say any more on him, he's not worth a million dollars a year. And he's not even close. He's had one one really good game this year. For fuck's sake, Kane Corns what, you jump on the bandwagon after one good game of footy. Is that all a man needs to do? Yeah, he's gone forward and kicked some nice goals and he's having a decent season, but don't you dare tell me this guy's worth a million dollars. <laughs> Get out of here silvani proven his versatility his versatility consistently enough that i'm happy enough to put him in as, as a second rock option if the getting towed put him forward let let sos go in there and you know do his thing he is just oh, amazing amazing he's really showing he'll play anywhere. he'll do anything this, um, this stint of injuries. What else has it given us? Well, it's allowed Kachal to find elite form. This guy's coming out of nowhere, and then we're getting some more games and experience in the kids, like Durden, Motlop, Younger touched on Fisher now going through the midfield, and you know a lot of guys like this. Honey got coming in for his first game, so really good to see that. Like you know, just getting some games into these younger kids, and they're all blossoming. I mean, you know, Durden and Motlop are going to play most games. But they're getting a little bit more opportunity. Durden's barely missed a game this year. Molop, he's come in another one just because always was a laid out. Um, And our players, they're all rising to the occasion with these injuries. So massive, massive tick. Let's get into the votes. And not an easy week for the votes. If you're new, I do the 5-4-3-2-1 voting system. I like to give five out. Three's not enough. We like to reward some good players. And in the wins... Never this easy when you play this good. Uh, the one I really tossed up, look, I could have gone a bunch of ways. I could have gone O'Brien. I could have gone Cottrell. I could have gone Young. Um, I could have gone Charlie Kernow. And you know what? On Most weeks if you kick four goals, you're gonna be getting more than a vote. Uh, but I, I thought there were some people who really deserved it. Number one, Matthew Kennedy. Strong at the contest. Really, really, uh, really, really big game for us. I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. He is easily one of my favorite players in this team because I just love the way he He always cops big hits. <laughs> he just always cops them. And he's never, shy, he's never shy of it. Never shy of it at all. He had 25 touches. He had four tackles. He went at 84%. Uh, a really good game from him. He's had four score involvements, a couple of marks, and eight clearances led the way for us. So really, really big game for the big Matt Kennedy. Two votes. I gave him to Sam Doherty. Uh, really controlled the footy for us uh, off that halfback and, you know, didn't have a lot of... I didn't think it was his best game and, you know, I wasn't even I was even sure, like, should I have maybe put in a, a kernel over him? Did he maybe have more of an influence? And, yeah, if you, if you wanted to make that case, I could kind of understand, but I thought he had a really good game... Still, he's just an all-Australian lock. Thirty disposals again. He had fourteen marks. I mean, <laughs> it's just like a standard for him at this point, isn't it? Um, four intercept possessions as well. Four score involvements, and yeah, a lot of uncontested marks. That are. he's just someone who yeah was really lurking around that you know that back flank and just trying to uh, provide support for our players. Three votes. I gave him to Adam Saad. This guy's in serious form, and he's looking so dangerous. Uh, yeah, he really is. He had another twenty-eight disposals, seven intercept possessions. He had uh, four scoring involvements, six marks. He had four hundred and eighteen meters gained. Uh, just an absolute, just an absolute beast. And he's. I said it before. He's knocking on the door. His ability to find targets, move the ball, change gears for us. He's really important for our ball movement off ba- off the back line, just in our ability to um, you know really inject some pace into our ball movement. And when he's under pressure, oh my, does he really you know find the composure to still get it off on the boot and just laser it down to you know one of his teammates? He's really good. Four votes, the fish, the Zach Fisher. One of his best games for for the club. He's gone into the midfield and. I thought he just offered a real point of difference. Uh, found Matthew Cottrell for that lovely kick inside 50. Uh, he had 29 disposals. He had five score involvements. That goal assist, which I just told you about. He had seven marks as well. So pretty pretty good of him to be taking a few uncontested marks, getting around the ground, working hard. He had 389 meters gain and he had three clearances. And then to finish off our votes was none other than Walshian. I already touched on him. But if you didn't know he had 40 touches (laughs) he had 40 bloody touches and the guys he's a freak at 19 kicks 21 handballs you know 13 contested 28 uncontested and the reason he's getting them is just because his follow-up work is second and none no one can keep running with him six score involvements six marks uh he also had 19 pressure acts i just want to put that out there so he's not just you know getting the ball he's He's chasing hard. He had 5.43 metres gained and seven clearances. Sam Walsh. And that's our star. Thanks for coming and tune in to next week when we review our St. Kilda rematch.